Okay, we are recording. We're here. Welcome back to the Professional Amateurs. It's uh, Zach and Alex, and today we've brought on uh, my wife, Megatron, a.k.a. Megan. <laughs> uh, she played D1 basketball. Um, she also runs our uh, chiropractic and physical therapy business with me, and we thought she would be a really good perspective for um, if we have female listeners. I don't know how many we have to have, mm. but um, for what it's like to play at the Division One level in female athletics, because whether we want to admit it or not, it's different. Um, it is not the same. So to have just another experience, I think, is good for people. So that's why we, we've got her. So welcome aboard, Legatron. Thanks. Yeah. Excited to be here. <laughs> and special, you're only our second guest. That's right, Ooh. number two. So you have to do well so that people continue to listen after this episode. Yep. No pressure. You have to set the bar high. Yep. <laughs> so go ahead, uh, go ahead and run us through, like, you know, Zach and I obviously know fairly well, but run us through like what it was like, um, like the recruitment process for you, like, you know, getting done with high school and so on and so forth, like what you played in high school and how you got recruited for basketball in college. All right. Yeah. So I, I played Mountain View High School and that wasn't really where I got my college looks. I played, you know, my family paid a bunch of money for me to play summer AAU basketball. So I played for North Tartan. Um, all of my years and that's where I went to all the big tournaments and got seen by a bunch of different college coaches and um, really UND was the biggest one that like was offering me a full ride I think they offered me like my freshman year or something pretty early on that's impressive I think I didn't know that um, <laughs> <laughs> I think UND is kind of known for doing that just because they know they're a little more mid-major they may not get like the best Twin Cities kids but um if they think you're a good fit i think they reach out really early so they have a strategy of trying to lock you up early so yes. that you're kind of done with your recruitment process for sure does that open them up to like decommitments though like do you i mean does that happen in women's recruitment that you you hear things in like major college football major college basketball about guys decommitting and it's a mm -hmm. it's a news story because he's a five star or whatever do you mm -hmm. see stuff like that i know that you don't see it all that much in baseball um, it, at all, really power five conference or not. Do you see that in women's athletics nearly as much or are people kind of a little bit more, I guess, true to their word? I, I think 10 years ago <laughs> when I was getting recruited, more than 10 years ago, um, no, like you kind of stuck with that. Yeah. I, I didn't know very many people that decommitted. I know if like the U of M was interested in them, they would be the ones to be like, oh, sorry, we actually don't have this open anymore for you. And then you'd almost want a couple backups just because they were known for doing that. I don't know. They did that to me. So maybe that's just <laughs> a personal experience. Yeah. Um, but no, and then, you know, you get letters from all different kinds of schools. And it, I mean, it's cool to be like, oh, I have these options. And for me, I just decided, okay, I could do a bunch of D2s. I could play for St. Paul. Uh, Concordia and do basketball and volleyball and that was like probably my second option um, but I was like I'm gonna go D1 and if I hate it I can just go down and I don't have to miss anything that's good that's good perspective like yeah go high and like if you hate it like you redshirt or whatever you can just split mm -hmm. yeah that's smart yeah so that was my I don't know I had like New Mexico State and Marquette like early on and well maybe like freshman year or two and you know you just Go along the way, and figure out, you know what, I kind of want to visit. I like this 
campus. I really wanted to be a part of a school that had a football team and, you know, all the college stuff. So university was kind of the way I wanted to go just because I knew I'd get kind of a bigger experience doing that. And how big of a role yeah. did academics play in that? Were you one of the athletes? Oh, like none. Yeah, we, <laughs> you went. So we, I often joke that I went to college to major in baseball. Yeah. I because I yeah. truly I picked my major after I enrolled. I didn't even yeah. look at what um, at what they offered until mm-hmm. I had already decided, and then I was like, "Wonder, let's see what I'm gonna major in now." Same. Yeah. Also, same. Yeah. I, no, well, I, I, but I also went like there. going to. You know, North Dakota, like UND, the University of North Dakota, I knew that they would have everything. Yeah, they, 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 they have wasn't lots of options, right? Yeah, I wasn't yeah. looking for like one specific thing. I'm just like you. I figured out what I wanted to do kind of as I went. Yeah. Now, um, what was your undergraduate degree? What did it end up being? Oh, psychology. Psychology. Yeah, for some reason. And then your master's degree was specifically in what exactly? Occupational therapy. Okay. So, and then you go and you get certifications and get board backed and whatever you need to do in order so you can practice that but that was the degree yeah i had no idea i wanted to be an ot when yeah. i went to und yeah. <laughs> it just was like oh no i want to work with people and do like physical kind of stuff and well i remember you, you when, when i met you like when we were first like friends mm-hmm. you you still didn't know what you wanted to do as a graduate. Like you knew you wanted to be on a psych path because you like working with people and you like people, you're a people person. And it was really broad, right? Yeah. Like you could kind of do anything with a psych degree. It's like getting a communications degree. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, people yeah. exactly right. They people. sure do, yeah, and they, they sure have brains, mm-hmm. so yeah. they think about things. <laughs> well, speak for yourself. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't group us with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that's kind of cool that it worked out the way they were like, you know, this is the one that's the fit for me. Um, so once you got there, so mm-hmm. like you get there, and when did you have to report your freshman year? When did you have to get there? Oh, um, not super early. We had the option to go up early, and I just said no. So mm-hmm. that's just kind of the way that I am. But <laughs> went up a couple weeks early, nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. Started preseason, and it was awful. But that's basketball. <laughs> it's a lot of running and a lot of, a lot of conditioning, which is interesting learning now and going back like strength and conditioning we just did like we literally did the strength program that the football team did same exact stuff Mm. and um conditioning we just did like 300s and 150s pretty much it yeah that's interesting because in my experience when i was working as a collegiate strength coach the basketball culture at that particular college was that of avoiding the strength part of their training as much as possible their mm-hmm. coaches even didn't really take our side in that it was important so we would have like a schedule set you know we're going to train on tuesday thursday say for example and one of the basketball teams would just not show up you know we had a men's and a women's and they would just not be there hmm. because the coach would either Decide. give them the day off and then not loop us in or mm. kind of imply that it was optional and none of the basketball players liked lifting weights mm-hmm. so they were like yeah screw it and we and it even got to the point where we kind of threw our hands up and we literally just wrote two workouts on the whiteboard in the weight room <laughs> and if said if you show up follow that and that was it like we didn't even bother because culturally there was such a clash and their conditioning like mm-hmm. you said was just running on yeah. the court during practice like their coaches were die. like yeah. so oh we'll silly. take care of it so, you know, it, and 
I don't have I won't pretend to have any knowledge of basketball culture now today, mm-hmm. but my guess is it still leans that way. Yeah. But well, that's interesting you say that that reminded me of so, you know, fast forward to my senior year, I tear my ACL, blow the whole thing up. Now I'm like, okay, deciding if I want to redshirt my senior year to mm. play a fifth year because I started as a freshman. Yeah. So Coach Robeck was like, I remember going up and asking him, hey, um, am I redshirting this year? Because I knew three of my other teammates who came in the same year as me were redshirting, but I hadn't heard anything. And he's like, you're starting. What are you talking about? And I was like, okay. Like, I just, I don't know. You don't know. Yeah, just kind right. Of this little 18-year-old kid, you don't know what's going on. Um, but when I started my PT after I got hurt, it was like when I was trying to return to play, there was no communication between my strength coach, my PT, my, I'm air quoting my PT, given a sheet of paper to do exercises on my own. Hop, in, hop, in, the, hop in the 1970s biodex and see if your knee flexes. Mm. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, and then with our, our athletic trainer and then my coaches, there was just no communication there that I just, I felt so lost. I never had a real injury before. Like this was huge. I just had my knee reconstructed and I'm getting ter. I really don't want to talk bad about it, but I had really bad therapy. Like mm-hmm. nothing was really one-on-one. All of the students, the athletic training students were the ones working with all of us athletes. Yeah. I'm like, I'm trying to come back from my senior year. Like, we just made it to the NCAA tournament. My other, the year that I got hurt. Like, it'd be cool for me to be good (laughs) when I come back. And I don't know. It just wasn't a great experience. So then when I was back practicing a little bit, you know, the strength coach would be like, well, why aren't you doing this? I'm like, well, they told me I can't. And it was like this huge struggle where I just didn't know what I was supposed to do. And then I'd get in trouble if I did too much. It was horrible. Like, and shout out to... Matt Carlson for Scooter where you Scooter at. Yep. for being like the only person that really worked with me and tried to get me back to like playing shape and jumping and doing all the things that I should have been doing probably months before. And, you know, I never really felt good that whole year. It was just And when sucked. you when you were going through <laughs> that, did it seem like the resources were there at the university but they were being allocated elsewhere? Or did it seem like the resources just didn't exist? at the university as a whole, right? Like, so I'm, I'm curious if Alex, Alex might be able to Alex, weigh in on this because it. Alex was on the baseball team at the same college at that time. Interjecting. In the, in the same so, state. So same thing, I had, Matt Carlson was one of my athletic trainers. It was, Megan had him as, after he graduated, I had him as a grad assistant. Mm-hmm. And the dude was a dog. Like he fought for us to get what we needed and mm-hmm. he worked hard at it. And same, the guy who came up to him, Jimmy Moore, and same mm-hmm. thing, they both like wanted the best for us. but. It was definitely not an issue of allocation of resources. It was an issue of people caring. Mm. Like they had these tenured PTs there, and I pray they're listening, and I hope they're rolling over in their freaking graves because they the quality of care they gave was poop. It was so mm-hmm. bad, and it was like there was there was one time. So I've I've had it every shoulder injury in the book, and I mean we're in there, and it's like what we now know how do you get a shoulder better. You load the sweet Helen out of it mm-hmm. so that you're superseding whatever it can handle, right? I have a blue band, and I'm doing internal rotations, and I ha- I'm, like, in a throwing position. So I have my right foot drop back, and I have, like, my ribs kind of, like, up, and I'm fully externally rotated, and I'm, like, working that range of motion. And the PT walks by, sidebar, 
only wore Asics because it's so good for your feet to have these. Mm-hmm. Dork. Yeah. Freaking nerd. <laughs> and walks by and she, this this gal goes, why are you doing it like that? I'm like, because that's I'm how I throw a baseball. <laughs> and I'm trying to mimic yeah. throwing a baseball. And this is after I've done some internship work. So I'm starting to get my feet wet and like training and everything. And it's like, this is how you throw a baseball. And she goes, no, you don't. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> I, you know, and of course, like at that time, I'm still young enough that I just was like, uh, okay. so I just took my bands and went and did it on my own. Yeah. I just stopped going to the therapy there because it was archaic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't think it was an, an issue of allocation of resources. I think it was an issue of allocation of care, like mm-hmm. actually caring about the outcome. Yeah. I mean, people. the PTs sat in their office every single time, every hour that I was there, they weren't mm-hmm. out with everybody they just expected the students to do everything yeah and yeah i think that you know we a lot of people kind of assume that if you go to a division one college or a division two college even that you're going to have kind of the top the the cream of the crop Mm -hmm. working with you um, or you're going to have pretty much everything at your disposal and i think that i think that that's like that idea kind of comes from the fact that you see um, these universities spend extravagant amounts of money on their buildings yeah. and they have these multi-million dollar weight rooms or locker rooms even like locker rooms is one of the things that really gets me you know um, and so the assumption for most parents for most athletes coming out of high school is like well, like of course they're gonna be have great. the best of the best people too right mm-hmm. yeah and you know come to find out that you really start to have to really advocate for yourself and mm-hmm. kind of take They'll, 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 I'll give them this. They will get you started on the correct path most of the time, yeah. right? But it'll usually be just step one, right? And you might be, like yeah. in the case of a torn ACL, right? How many steps would you estimate you had to take to get back to feeling good? 20, 30, 50? I mean, uh, yeah. semantics, right? It wasn't but, even good until I was done. So. Yeah, <laughs> right. And so I started meeting friends at Rubbery and these other people that. Yep. Yeah. And, awesome. and, so going through that experience, do you think that that was one of the, the formative things that kind of pushed you towards doing what you do for a living now? Oh, for sure. You know? Yeah. Whenever I think back, I'm like, you know what? I learned a lot. Just like <laughs> anything, you learn so much as, as you experience it. And I wouldn't know as much as I do now or wouldn't care to know what I do now if I didn't go through that and hear from the other athletes that were going through similar things as me when we were there. And yeah, it's been really good for what we do now for, yeah. <laughs> for, for our actual now. business mm-hmm. yeah yeah and, and i think the people the market kind of selects for like you said the people who are really really great at what they're doing are oftentimes not in organizational settings oftentimes they're out in the private sector or are they working mm-hmm. in the private sector for a large organization right but they are not in the collegiate sector they're not in even professional sports, right? Because um, people can kind of get away with coasting in those environments and it goes unnoticed because in many cases, the folks hiring them don't know the difference between great care and mediocre care. Yeah. I can yeah, recall- PCO, the Vikings, right. it's well, the I, best. <laughs> I, can recall, I can recall a time when I was dealing with an ongoing elbow problem and I was really trying to play through it. And I sat in a room and I, this was, I was young, right? So I was, still kind of in the psychology of I'm going to put my trust in my entire trust in these practitioners that are the adults and they're going to take care of me. Right. They've done it. They know about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, 
remember them sitting there and debating whether or not like they knew that I needed a reduction in load in order to kind of like heal and they're debating whether or not they take away throwing at practice or take away lifting during team training and I and at the time I thought nothing of that right mm-hmm. like I was like okay you just tell you tell me and I'll do it right whatever <laughs> you know however I can get better really Nothing good like, patience yeah. Knowing what I know now, I'm looking back like, what that choice is so obvious. Of course, you take away the lifting. You take yeah. away. Why would you choose taking away the sport before taking away the not the sport? Yeah. Like what you know? What the, the hell are we that we're trying hurting, to get better? Right? Yeah, what the hell are exactly. we talking about? Don't yeah. do the things that. Well, and you know, to, and to, ahead, like you said, that. they were students, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, the again hindsight, but these yeah. people were only like four years older than me. Mm-hmm. They were beginners yep. by by every definition of the word. Mm-hmm. They were still learning too, but I was in a position to assume that I needed to put like my entire trust in them. And I didn't have any like wherewithal to take charge of my own care and realize that I could have probably sat there and told them like, Hey, this is what I want to do about this. And they probably would have said, yeah, okay. (laughs) Well, and chances that they're playing baseball or have played baseball at a high level is probably pretty low. Yeah. Well, yeah. And in my particular case, they they had not, right? Yeah. So like, you're going to know better than, yeah, looking they back sometimes, but. to that point of coasting, though, I, in defense of the people who were running the care at our place, there are so many athletes, even at the mid-major level, that you want to talk about coasting. Mm. Like, oh my gosh, like people there just barely with a pulse playing a sport that they're good at because God gifted them with these just amazing abilities. And you tell them to do one thing and they'll tell you to shit in your hat. Like they, mm-hmm. They're just like, yep, I don't care. So it was, yeah, that was a tough that was a tough deal for i mean it's it's like any it's in any setting you have to especially now like knowing what we all know now it's like you have to advocate for whatever you want out of it right like mm-hmm. you you have to be open and you have to hope to find somebody who cares yeah. as much as you do to actually get you better and that's hard to do and you're you don't and know you're young, yeah. Not, yeah you don't know and it's not how like our parents that. had a healthcare background mm-hmm. it's not like they wouldn't know mm-hmm. or a development background yeah and it, you the truth is nobody's ever going to care about your career as much as you do. True. Right. And so mm-hmm. knowing that you have to be able to take, take charge a little bit for sure. So like when you were, let, let's backtrack a little bit. Let's, let's go <laughs> back to, ki- let's go back to kind of the narrative <laughs> version of this. So, so you tear your ACL, you're going through your therapy and you know, you're, you're, you're realizing that, okay, shit, I might be, I might be on my own here a little bit. And at that point in time, what changed about what you were doing, your mentality around it, and you know, and did the, did the results change immediately, or was there a period of time of struggle where you were trying to figure out the right next steps to take, to, you know, to mm-hmm. to take charge of your own care? Did you get things wrong a few times before you really started to move down the right direction towards performing better? I don't know if I ever got better that year, if I'm being honest. It was just a question of survival. It was survival. It was. It really was. I was really depressed. I yep. didn't know I was then. I just was like, oh, I suck at basketball. I'm never going to get better. You know, and I think back, I'm like, I was just in a haze the whole time. I was like, hey, I'm just going to do this because my coaches expect me to be ready to play, even though I keep spraining my hamstring every mm-hmm. time I cut and I turn and it isn't getting better. I was just like, well, screw it. My PT wasn't helping. Like the 
jump roping that I was doing for three minutes a day or whatever was not helping me. So I just started playing Shocker. on the court and I, yeah. <laughs> I know, an under, in under eight months, was it eight months? Yeah. So I had surgery on New Year's and then played the rest of the following season. So that's crazy that very few people. Oh yeah. So yeah, probably nine months by October when we started playing our games, I was playing. Yeah. It's a fairly quick turnaround for sure. Now, when you did tear it, we're kind of doing this narrative backwards, but that's fine. <laughs> that's right? fine. That's okay. what, come along with us, guys. Come along for the journey. We're amateurs. We made it out. Yeah. We're, it's fine. It's yeah. in the name, yeah. right? Yeah. You're just going to – it's like watching a tennis match. Our, our brain cells are going back and forth. <laughs> um, so when you actually got injured, you got injured during a basketball game, I presume. I did. Right. Now, do you no feel – and this is obviously hindsight, but do you feel like there was any warning signs leading up to that that had you – you know, for the couple of years leading up to that, had you educated yourself or been educated by others a little bit better to what to watch out for? Was there any of that? With that injury? Yeah, leading up to the injury, or was it one of those? Was it a contact? Was it a freak thing? How did mm-hmm. it? How did that exactly go down? Yeah, I definitely. You know, every girl tears her ACL when they play basketball, mm-hmm. right? So it's very you know known. Many of the teammates at UND before me had done so with me watching it happen at practice before um me personally never had any problems my (laughs) my my injury was because i got a fast break layup i went up to shoot it a girl pushed me mid-air and i landed on it totally out of control so i don't think i would have gotten hurt if it wasn't that type of like contact you know no control of my body at that point in the air and i and then i landed on it and everything blew up so no I was really healthy my whole college career until then um maybe because we were strong because we did lift like the football players I don't know it's hard to say yeah I you know I you hear that a lot of people will talk about statistically female athletes do tear Mm -hmm. their ACLs more often than male athletes that's that's true that's a fact but I also think that I see it get used as a little bit of a cop-out at times Mm-hmm. by trainers and by coaches and by you know whomever where it's just like uh yeah it's inevitable right right well that's not exactly like it probably happened because they're higher risk doesn't make it inevitable right well, and so it it makes me wonder if there are things that people are not doing with their female athletes that they're training that mm-hmm. they are doing with their male athletes because they have this assumption that females are inherently more fragile mm-hmm. when in reality well all you're dealing with with the knees is probably an angle issue more if mm-hmm. not maybe some other things but that's most of it right probably well, interestingly i did my own little survey of other female athletes who had torn their acl if they were on their period at that time and i think all of them said yes except one yeah Which and this is, is over like 30 plus like acl tears yeah interesting yeah i and i've i've seen a, a couple of things out there about you know menstrual cycles and injury risk and stuff like that but mm-hmm. it's also foreign to me in my professional career and then obviously i don't menstruate so i have no <laughs> i have no so personal data well to, but would we realistically though would that mean okay raise your hand at in your yeah. college practice are you right on your period this week then no you're gonna jumping. go you're gonna go do this instead no. you know like that's not gonna happen yeah, you know, I expect, well, certainly not in season. I suppose you could try to periodize mm-hmm. off-season stuff by you could try, 
but yeah. it's a slippery slope, I suppose, right? Yeah, like, like do you really need right. to know that? Is yeah. that really in your scope? It's, yeah. it's or would um, it really make a difference? Mm-hmm. Like, like we know now, injuries just happen. Yeah. Like regardless of, you know, your recovery or mm-hmm. what you did the week before. I mean, obviously all that matters, but like sometimes they just happen, man. Yeah. Like, in injuries. Yeah. I mean, you cannot prevent all injuries. It's yeah. kind of a fallacy to the idea that you can entirely bulletproof your body. You know, I mean, it's you're gonna do something at a high level. You are, and the faster and more explosive, the you higher are, and higher you are, the more and more apt you are to really. Right. It's yeah, I just it's like riskier. Too high. Yeah. You know. <laughs> too much bounce. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's riskier and riskier as you go, as you go higher up. I think to your point of like the angle thing, I think mm-hmm. that there's one thing that I see a ton with male athletes that I definitely don't see as much with female athletes is like this like huge progression of single leg like like split squat or like a rear foot elevated like or like heavier yeah like really training in that really really way. heavy single mm-hmm. leg movements mm-hmm. for some reason it just seems like and i'm making a broad stroke just because you don't see like i rarely see videos of like basketball players or like softball players or what would be another really good like high like high level track athletes female track athletes grabbing the 80s and doing a rear foot elevated split squat mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're probably capable of it you just did the freaking 60s the other day pretty easy Justice. no what are we rear, uh, rear foot elevated split squat oh yeah yeah pretty easy and she's not even an act like competing competing anymore mm-hmm. like we're doing it as a you know for funsies but i i think <laughs> well, that i, I think that, that gets well I, I think that there's i think you're right i think the the cop-out thing of like because i could be out of line here ah whatever i'm an amateur um, because the female stigma, right, then not this, mm-hmm. right? Like we have a gal, one of our uh, one of our gals that we train, we have a couple that like they just got into actually lifting weights this year as like high-level track and field athletes. Yeah. And the programs mm-hmm. have existed. They're everywhere. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I go to Lifetime and I do the treadmill and it's like. Soccer too. Yeah, same thing. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's like how how is this not like, how is it not normalized? You yeah, know. well, and your experience is, is definitely somewhat unique if you were doing truly the, like the exact same periodization as the football team. You know, I, it, it, in my experience at Max Strength, when we, as we start our fast pitch club. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the Lady Grizzlies. Um, it's deep. It's a, it's a deep psychology culture thing with especially the younger girls. And something as simple as believing that you are allowed to swing hard to hit the ball really hard, or right? Throw hard. Right, or throw try to hard. throw the ball really hard and, and be aggressive with your movements. That was a little bit of a hill to climb early on with this group of young girls, and they're middle schoolers, right? Now, in fairness, middle school boys sometimes have trouble with that as well, yeah. but not all, right? I, that's kind of like an arc of puberty thing with the boys. The guys who are early bloomers have no problem with it usually. In, at least in my experience over the last five, six years. So what was interesting was just making them believe that it was okay to like go and move hard and like get to the point where you, when you're throwing, you're going, huh! and you're, you know, yeah. and letting go of some of the cutesy crap that they've been yeah. led down, you know, with when it comes to hitting, throwing, that broke down a lot of psychological walls when it came to lifting. I didn't really have to talk once 
once some of that psychology was broken down in their sports skill stuff by our other coaches, when I was lifting weights with these girls, I didn't have to talk them into going heavier in weight as much because it was, it becomes kind of like a self, Mm -hmm. it's a self-belief thing, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, I can go heavier because I'm an athlete and athletes lift heavy has nothing to do with them being a boy or a girl, or I do squats with the 30 because 30 is heavy. Well, you're getting stronger, right? You know, Mm -hmm. I didn't really have to have that much back and forth. Once we broke down the walls of like, it's okay to be aggressive with your movement Mm -hmm. and you don't have to just move nice I, 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 I can't i can't think of a better so word true, though it is you know it's like, like move nicely rip. right be nice yeah and so like and you it, do you have siblings mm-hmm. do you have brothers or sisters older brother, older brother. Mm-hmm. now do you think that your experience growing up with an older brother made a difference with that because my my fiance who's also megan has two <laughs> older brothers mm-hmm. and i find that her psychology is less She's less timid about things like that as well, right? And I, I might be connecting dots that aren't there, but I, mm-hmm. I wonder if, you know, siblings, brothers, sisters, how your parents encourage you or discourage you for cert- from certain things, maybe that plays a role, but you spend so much time around your teammates as well. I, you know, what's your take on all of that, all of that idiotic rambling <laughs> that I just did? <laughs> Hmm, where T- do we start? Tie well, that in. Yeah. <laughs> good luck. Make that look um, good. Yeah. yeah, my brother played sports as well. And we, like, I wouldn't say, like, roughhoused, but we definitely pestered each other a lot growing up. Probably me pestering him <laughs> more than... Megan's an aggressor. She's I don't know. After. I just feel like it's it's just the way I am. And my parents have always been super supportive of me in sports. And it's just always been my thing. Like, I played soccer and then basketball and volleyball. And then I was like, oh, I'll do track because why not? And I don't know, I I feel like it's more just my parents like getting me into things when I was younger. And I had really, I mean, honestly, like growing up in Mountain View, we lifted in high school and you're, you're basketball and in track. She's an outlier in that sense. Like her yeah. training background is way, is longer than mm. like a lot of people. Yeah, I think that's probably fair mm-hmm. to say, especially as a female athlete. I was just like, oh, the guys are doing it. Like, we can do it too. I, I didn't think about it, really. I was just like, oh, jumping. This makes sense. I should probably do some plyos and be a long jumper and triple jumper because it relates to what I do for mm-hmm. basketball. Um, what else did you ask? <laughs> well, it, you know, that, if, that if, did answer my question. Yeah. Just becoming. Um, <laughs> if you, you know. with, like, having a brother, like, yeah. what was your persona growing up? And you nailed it. You said yeah. exactly. You, you've been you since. Correct. Yeah. I don't think. I don't know if it had to do with the brother or not. But no, but it's I, an interesting I, question. Though. It's, it's not, a good thought. That's something I've thought about a lot. I guess the, the, the crux of what I'm getting at is, is, is this innate or is it an environmental thing? You know, are you, are you gifted with the ability to carry yourself with such confidence as a female athlete and you either have that or you don't, or can it be cultivated? Right. And I, yes. and <laughs> I would, I would say that it can be cultivated 100%. as well. I think, right? both. I think you probably have a little bit, of it in you and I also have a had a really good group of girls that I grew up playing basketball with and playing volleyball with and it was just always us and we were best friends mm-hmm. and their parents were my parents like we just I grew up in such an awesome community around a sport mm-hmm. that it just was always great mm-hmm. you know there was never like and I oh. think I think it helped too that you're you are athletic and you're skilled 
Yeah. And you play yeah. to that. Like it's mm-hmm. it's not like you were all of a sudden just right. Like boom, that, I'm athletic. That part was easy. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. I I'm not one of those people that like. <laughs> Man, I really had to work super hard to be the best player on my team. Mm-hmm. I just no, it must be nice. Talent, I'm, talent helps. It's talent. <laughs> talent helps. It is like thanks, thanks, mom and dad yeah, or thanks, whoever else thanks Lauren gave Lee me and, yeah. Yeah. all of that. Because yeah, it's just it's been a good experience for me. And then I, you know, get to college. Cool, I get a full ride. Best case scenario, right? Even if it's only one offer, I'm gonna take it. But you I mean, know? like talk and about then, a good environment to go into it. Right, team and for then same basketball. thing, like. A bunch of really good girls that came in the same year as me that mentored me. You know, like, shout out to Mallory Youngblood, was a great senior captain and now coach of UND. Um, and we had a, the Betty. It was a great place to play. We had an awesome always venue. There were always fans there. Every place we traveled, it was like parents mm-hmm. in the stands. And that was yeah. it. Like, no one cared. Yeah. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. about the culture of, like, the program. And that, obviously, you go to one game at UND, a women's basketball game, and you're like, wow, this is freaking awesome. It's actually fun to go to. It's like, there's three or 400 people at on a Wednesday night watching you guys play. More than that. I'm saying just on Wednesday night. Yeah. Like, not even a weekend. Yeah, too. more than that still. Yeah, probably. I don't know. It was fun. Like, we yeah. went as baseball players, we went yeah. because it was, it was really like, fun even with culture. volleyball, like, there were always people mm-hmm. there. Like, even at our baseball games, there'd be two or 300 people at our baseball games, mm-hmm. and it'd be cold in hell outside because there's. UND besides like besides the downfall of the PT program, it's great because and it was it was the only thing it was the only thing going on in that it was a true college town. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. awesome. It, it was, was the a really only great place to play sport. Like I mm-hmm. had a really good experience there. Coach Roebuck was a direct straight shooter. He told you exactly how it was going to be, and honestly, I preferred that. Mm-hmm. That's how I am. Mm-hmm. Don't, you don't need to beat around the bush. Don't if play I mind suck, games just tell me. me I suck. Yeah. It, I can take it. You I know? think most athletes honestly do prefer that. I, I as mm-hmm. I as I meet more and more athletes and more and more coaches, it, it definitely seems that athletes, one thing that drives athletes bananas is when you're pissing on my head and you're telling me it's raining. (laughs) (laughs) Like if if, tell me where I stand and why don't, don't bullshit me. Don't tell me, yeah, you're right there. You're real close. You just, you know, you're one hit away from getting in that, in that Mm -hmm. lineup. Like, let me know because Mm -hmm. I want to be able to take charge of my career. And if like if it's not gonna happen here, maybe I want to leave. Yeah. Or if there's something drastic that I have to change, maybe I can do that. Well, but you gotta tell me. Especially as a female with male coaches. Yeah, that's so mm. bizarre to me. Still, that's a good too. subject to bring up actually, because let's I've often into that. Let's let's dip our toes in those. I have often water. wondered. Um, all right, I'm gonna say something that is an observation. I could be wrong, but it's an uh, it's an outsider's observation. Mm-hmm. From I went, I played sports at two different colleges. I coached college sports. The female teams seemed, in general, at least at the two colleges I was at, to have better bonds and relationships with their male coaches and get along better than the teams with female coaches. The female coaches and the players would have more, I guess, rifts, tiffs. There would be (laughs) rifts between the coaching staff and the players for one reason or another. That That seemed to happen more frequently. Um, I have absolutely no idea why, but it just seemed to be the case at the two colleges I was at. Agree, disagree. In your experience, did you have did you have both throughout your career? Did you have men and women coaching throughout high school, college, 
Um, it was mostly and male coaches, which for me worked well because I kind of like tomboy. So, like I said, just like tell me what's going on. Just tell me what's up. Give I can me this take game. It, it doesn't yeah. matter. Like you don't need to you know, go around and say different things. We don't need to argue about it. Like that's just the way it is, and I'm going to tell you how I feel about it too, and we're just going to have an adult conversation. I had one female coach, Leah Baskovich. Awesome. Also Loved another her. outlier. Leah's mm-hmm. like But she was so cool. Greatest of all time. Yeah, yeah. She she was just like, Okay, go play. You know, it wasn't like anything crazy. Yeah. So I don't I don't know because I haven't had a lot of female coaches or observed female coaches with male athletes either. I don't know how often that happens. Not often. No, it's such a the the the, the, yeah. the player the male like coach dynamic is so we talked about this the other yeah. day with um you and I were talking about this there was like how there are officials in these other sports that are you know like women refereeing men men refereeing women mm-hmm. there's a lot of crossover but I think one of the last times you'll see that is like in baseball like that position of being behind home plate like calling balls and strikes like there's some weird like power yeah, but that's dynamic a hard, it's hard to compare that because women don't play baseball right right no no, no. I'm, I'm just I'm just saying but that like in a, basketball like yeah you can easily have female refs right. coaching men's basketball and vice mm-hmm. versa. Very good point. The point I'm getting to is that there's yeah. like some weird that, yeah. power dynamic between like mm-hmm. men performing for a male alpha that's like leading it. I yeah. don't know what it is, but it's just kind of like one of those things. Like not to say that it couldn't be done by a female, but I feel like you'd have to have some really but hard. She buy-in. also hasn't seen 98. No, 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 no. Yeah. I'm not oh. saying baseball specific. I'm I know, just saying coaching in general. This example though makes sense. Yeah. Yes. Correct. That's a big difference. Yeah, yeah. There. I yeah. think you're right. I think men generally seek power mm-hmm. m- more than almost anything else. Yeah, mm-hmm. w- women in general, it seems, seek achievement mm-hmm. more than power mm-hmm. over yeah, others. Yeah, right. Well, look, yeah. we just watched Iowa and South Carolina both have female head coaches. Yeah, yeah, and it seems to work fine for seems them. Well, fine. and I mean, one of the greatest basketball coaches of either. Of Pat all time Summit, was Pat Summit, right? And yeah. so, you know, it, there's some they're doing something right, right? And, and maybe and some of the other ones aren't. <laughs> I will say, when my observation about these quote-unquote rifts that may or may not happen between the mm-hmm. female coaches and the female athletes, in general, it seemed like it was on the athlete's end, mm-hmm. right? It was it was the athlete's perception of what the coach was trying to do. The coach was trying to hold them accountable or communicate things in a certain way and the athletes would receive the same message in a different way because it came from I think it comes somebody back to respect yeah it, it, it felt like some of these some of the the female athletes would be like mm. almost like though their, their coaches looked too much they came from the too close of the same background as them they looked like them they were close to them in age maybe they, you know, like, who the hell are you oh. to tell me what to do? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I mean, this, this also happens, though. Of. This also happens in, in male yeah. sports a lot. I, I think if it you, does. It does happen in male sports a lot. All if the you time. respect yeah. your coach, female, male, either way, if they give you feedback, yeah. you're going to take it a certain way if you respect them. And if you don't respect them, you're going to be a snob. It's well, true. Yeah. Right. And athletes, athletes are very good at, like, snorting out the weakest link. Like, if you're going to be the dude, if you're going to be the dog at the bottom of the pile, like... They're mm-hmm. going to put you down there yeah. because you were weak enough to be forced to the bottom. Well, it's the so. same reason why people listen to us when we tell them things that they should do or why this right. isn't working because we 
have done it, you've heard it, we're being mm-hmm. really honest about what they need to do, change or fix something. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you. Back to your point, like don't don't BS me. Don't don't put me in a corner. Yeah. Like we've been BS'd. I I'm not gonna give that out. <laughs> right. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. work. It just doesn't work. No, so I don't know. I mean, it's that's how you build trust, idea. right? And that mm-hmm. we would to, in order to really find any conclusive answers on some of these observations, <laughs> we would probably need we're just talking about it. Yeah. We would probably need a bigger sample size, I suppose, than just a few yeah, yeah, colleges. For me, but I've really liked all my male coaches for the most part. And my female coaches too that I've had as assistants at UND and wherever else. I mean things Things were good. I mean, you were, you I'm were, the one playing, so I'm okay. the one to just do it. You know, yeah. you were also <laughs> a performer. You're also like you did it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you weren't you weren't the person that they had to like drag up to like make them rise to the occasion. Mm-hmm. Which how big of a role do you think your you said you had great teammates and your mm-hmm. your team culture was really good at UND? How big of a role do you think that coming in as a freshman played in your building of the relationship with your coach? Right, you you watch and you observe your other teammates, how much they respect that coach and how their relationship is with him did you do you feel like you learned from that or was the relationship built more individually i suppose that's a question about coaching style but i'm also yeah, kind of asking a about both because i i had met the, my head coach and my assistant head coach prior because they'd watch our come to the tournament so we would like chat or they'd call us or whatever and then i knew another teammate already who was their year ahead of me so i knew a little bit about it just from her um so I think both, and then I just cultivated my own relationship. I mean, you know me, I, I'm pretty social. I'm not like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm gonna wait and just watch how everybody else talks. And I'm like, I'm just gonna go and, and kind of initiate that. So and then also like something. the guy who coached her Roebuck is like a North Dakota legend. I mean, yeah. yeah. He's like, his name he carries I don't like, need to like. <laughs> he can walk into any bar in North Dakota and never have to He doesn't need to earn mm-hmm. the respect from anybody because yeah, he's, he's got it already. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, he is the guy. So like to have that dude be your first person, like you want to talk about there's no power dynamic because mm-hmm. the he dude's been on power. the throne since <laughs> yeah. the get go. Yeah. So, but it changed a, a little dude. bit. He's a really good mm-hmm. dude. Like he's an amazing guy. My dad and him go way back. My yeah. dad's ancient. Yeah. So like, yeah. He coached your dad. He coached against my dad. I mean, if you have, if you have achievement, it, it obviously goes a long way to to have built-in respect. I know that um, the volleyball coach at CSP, having all the, the success yeah. that he did, he didn't have to bend over backwards to prove anything to anybody mm-hmm. because he could just gesture. Like, obviously, uh, you know, he's doing something right. Grant, <laughs> gesture at the shelf yeah, of the ten, all of my national the ten national championships and. You know, at the very least, I can create an environment for success. I can recruit great players and create an environment for them to yeah. play well. Yeah. You know, I think that's really hard from a coaching perspective to build a positive culture when you're getting new girls and guys, whatever, girls and guys in every year. It's yeah. a lot of different personalities to deal with, and you have transfers, and all there's the portal, and you're constantly getting people coming in and out. Like, I can't imagine that would be yeah. a whole another challenge. That we've things have changed, certainly. What, how did how did you feel like that culture supported you or not when you were trying to kind of play through that knee injury in your last year, right? Like, I it's it's we obviously have to talk about it. well. <laughs> I mean, no, we should. We should. My, we should. My, we should. It's obviously it's things are great when you're winning. Things are great when you're playing well. Things are you know, mm-hmm. um, it's all smiles and it's sunshine and it's rainbows and high fives and and you know and you get injured. You come back potentially too fast with not the support that you hoped to have, and you were kind of trying to guide yourself through that, and you're being pushed to perform, to play, because you are 
one of the core players on the team, right? Mm -hmm. And your 70% is still better than the next person on the depth chart. So they got to have you out there. How did that feel (laughs) going through that? How did that culture, did the culture feel different or was it the same culture with a different result? Were you on the other side of it? Yeah, that's a good question there at the end because after I got hurt, obviously I hadn't really been hurt. I keep playing. I saw my, you know, friends and teammates have injuries along the way and, you know, struggle with that or quit altogether. And just like the struggle they went through, you don't get it because you haven't done it yet. And, you know, for me going all, you know, playing pretty much full four years before having to do with that and then myself getting hurt, just being kind of like pushed to the side, like, oh, she'll come back next year. It'll be fine. You know, like as if it was just going to be really easy. And then obviously I learned that it wasn't easy and I wasn't myself and I didn't feel like I had the that positive culture when I was hurt. Um, it was hard. It sucked. I didn't reach out to anybody. You know, obviously, like I said, hindsight, everything's different. I could have like reached out to my coaches or some of my teammates been like, guys, I'm just having a really hard time. Mm-hmm. And me taking that step to do that probably would have changed the rest of my year. But I, I didn't. I was, I was scared. I was upset. I didn't, you know, just things weren't going my way. And so no one came to me either. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, I should have been the person that went to that other girl who just got injured and been like a better support for her. Because now when I'm hurt and I didn't have that, it's the worst. So again, it's a good experience to have because then you have people come into the clinic who have injuries or, you know, they're really upset and they're never had this before I've never been hurt whatever mm-hmm. you can really like relate to them and, and just be really honest like hey you should do this like make sure you go talk to your coach like don't be the kid that just sits on the sideline and hopes that things will get better because it won't mm-hmm. you know it's going back to that like advocate for yourself you have to be the one to do it because no one else really will and how did that how did that experience shape your recreation today because you don't play basketball anymore you play volleyball <laughs> recreationally you play volleyball that's right and I've often wondered that right like I don't play baseball anymore Mm -hmm. right Alex does Mm -hmm. so he and I differ in that because when I see baseball I kind of go because my my the end of my college career was similar right it was just a battle and it kind of soured the whole the whole experience and Mm -hmm. you know I just associate the game of baseball with pain now right (laughs) and it's like oh well shit man Right. And it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Right. But it took right. me far too long to really like come out of it. And now I got other shit going on, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. but you know, I'm curious, do you look at basketball that way? Or is it just that you happened to meet people, make friends that were into volleyball and now that's what you do because mm-hmm. it's a social thing. Yeah. I feel like I did my time also with basketball <laughs> interjection basketball is like they are up there all year round like yeah we say they're four years five years i guess yeah you're five years through the summer all year round because they don't it's a dual both semester sport Mm -hmm. you train in the summer like it that would be miserable whereas Mm -hmm. like in baseball we get to come home and like train with our buddies and fart around and do other things stuff and Mm -hmm. you were up there and and because like women's sports for some reason they thought you they needed to like control you and say you had like a dry season Oh, yeah, we did dry season every yep. year and, like, kept to that because yep. we would be running if we got caught downtown. And you want to know what the best part is about baseball? They were just like – Don't be Especially down. on our team, they were like, 
pure men. Well, you know, they had to be concerned with us getting pregnant and not mm. being able to play. Yes. So we couldn't go out and you drink. You guys can't control yourself. Because drinking and sex always happen together. <laughs> <laughs> Irresponsibly. But like for, Speak for yourself. But like, yeah. But like, but like for us, it would be they were just like if you if you Amazing. show up and you can't do your job like in male sports, if they show up and you can't do your job, just next guy, right? Freaking next guy. We don't right. like if you can't handle your own backyard, like mm-hmm. you're out. But um, I think that was part. I of feel the like the roster size in baseball helps with that a little bit, though. But football, baseball, even basketball. Like if you can't show up in basketball, you're yeah. freaking next dude. I, I I felt like when I was coaching the when I was a strength coach and I was covering lots of sports i felt like the the teams with the smaller rosters the coaches um one you can you can because there's less people you can right. kind of keep a little bit of a tighter leash That's a good point. but they also feel like you lose one guy you're losing 10 percent of your roster mm-hmm. a team like baseball there's you know and hell yeah. ba- college baseball teams by the way have 48 guys on them Ridiculous. sometimes <gasps> right and so we didn't have that many oh, like, i mean yeah. you? I no we had like 30 but still i, I mean i think my still, roster right? The roster I was on at CSP, I think we had 40. I think it was 40. I mean, there wow. was something people. like 18 pitchers, and then the rest were position players or something. Mm-hmm. I, I don't recall exactly, but it was a large roster is the mm-hmm. point, right? Mm-hmm. Good luck keeping track of 40 18 to 22-year-olds. Right. So oh, they just say, like, well, it's on you, and if right. you lose one guy, it's like, ah, well, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can we can <laughs> find another one. We've got yeah. extras. Fred's over here. We'll be fine. But, like, for, so, for her, I think the, the grind part of it Besides it ending the way it did, is that you mm-hmm. didn't get to not train or do something different for five years. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Yeah, we were very managed. Yeah, for sure. So when you were done, you were just ready to spend your time doing other things. Yeah, I think so. I yeah. don't. I don't feel like I have a really sour taste in my mouth being done. I mean, I still got to score a thousand points and you know remember the good times, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then it doesn't matter. Like it's four or five years of your 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 life or whatever it ends up being. And I always loved volleyball. I loved volleyball. But I had already, my parents had already put in all this money for me to play basketball, and that was just the course I was on. Um, so now I get to play volleyball, and I, my knee feels better than it did that whole year <laughs> um, playing basketball. And our training has just made me feel better. I, I don't know. Things are just really good now. And I love playing volleyball. It's fun. People That's are good. good. Community's great. And you're good at it. All good coach. things. Yeah, I get to hit a ball really hard. Like, it's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's no, there's no doubt about that. I, I know that. Um, had I grown up in a community where men's volleyball was a thing, I probably would have dabbled. And yes, please vote for boys volleyball to become a Minnesota sanctioned sport. Thanks. Whenever we did it in gym class, that so was my fun. only real experience. Oh. It was lots and lots of fun. Right. Yeah. I was, I wasn't very good at it, except for I, I yeah. could have maybe been a hitter. I don't know if I'm. Men's volleyball hitters are like six foot eight, so not been a hitter. not long term. But when I was, <laughs> yeah, but there's you know, some guys that just really can jump. But I, b- playing I like playing in in the back row and getting that thing hit at you and digging <laughs> it up, like it's it's impressive, man. I mean, it's it's yeah. a it's a good sport it's and it's cool fun. Sport. It's mm-hmm. exciting to watch. It's a good spectator sport yeah. too, for sure. Well, and I think I can play it for longer too. Yeah. Like and basketball it, is hard because of all the running required and just the conditioning that volleyball doesn't really. And much. Megan and I talk about this all the time. Is like, especially in basketball, it's a contact sport, and you're depending on the other player or mm-hmm. other athlete to be as conditioned as you are. Because yeah. if they're not, they're going to be in the wrong spot at the wrong time, and that's going to get hurt. 
Mm. I don't need any more sprained ankles. That's what okay? I'm saying. I like have we a, play, I have we played last year. We That's played true. So like you, somebody near you, their feet get lazy, then you step on their foot, and you yeah. yeah. That's we played last I never really thought a, of it that way. We played last year in, mm-hmm. a, in a, like a league, and it was so <laughs> dumb. It was such a waste of our time because yeah. we were we were we were running and like we're ba- we're conditioned. Like you know, you could throw us really into anything, and we'll probably make it out and be fine, right? And like we're playing this, My and like heart the, the the freaking quality of it was so bad that it's like why would i do this yeah that's been my experience with rec basketball is mm-hmm. is there's not enough of mm-hmm. everybody being on the same page you yeah. have you have johnny Tryhard yeah. who <laughs> yeah. is taking himself too seriously mm-hmm. and he's throwing elbows and it's like man i don't have dental insurance i don't need <laughs> that's i don't need that shit you know and then you got that. and then you got another guy who's just like kind of sandbagging it he's just taking up space and there's drinking beer nothing in between yeah. you know yeah. and it's like yeah volleyball <laughs> they have like rankings like you rank yourself on like what level like a yeah double a open b double b so i like know that there's some there's better... some leagues that like are really competitive that kind of have that but once you get out of the like highly competitive leagues then it's just anybody's it's just, a yeah, it's just random a, and like yeah. last tournament megan played in she played with a gal who played in the big east like played big east volleyball hey, yeah Jenny. so um it's like they're what she's doing now for volleyball is also just like she's conditioned for it and it plays to her strengths and it's way more fun for me to watch like i don't need to watch everybody jog up and down the floor and be miserable mm-hmm. yeah, yeah whereas like yeah. watching watching like volleyball is so much fun it's for me exciting. yeah so mm-hmm. as an aside the, the basketball the, the characteristic basketball jog that you do when you're tired oh. and it's oh. one of the funniest human movements to me it is, <laughs> it, no i think what's better is when you're tired playing quote-unquote defense you're like i'm in this kind of defensive yeah your arms look, are spread out athletic do i look athletic no yeah. <laughs> get that you get the hand in the passing lane young lady that's yeah. me long arms yeah. <laughs> for a lot of slowness on the defensive end <laughs> yeah, yeah anything there, else i i mean is there's i mean everything like if you were if you were someone in your shoes who's like looking to who's like a female going into like looking for a oh, go where you're gonna play there it is go where are you gonna play if I would have went to Marquette, I wouldn't have probably gotten any minutes. And that would have sucked. Why waste four or five years of your eligibility in life mm-hmm. to play something that you're passionate about and good at to not do it? It just doesn't make any sense. So if D2 is right for you, go play D2. If you hate the winter weather, go south. I mean, Juco, it's anything. Okay. Just go, go play. Yeah. Go, play, go where you're going to play. That's what I would say. Exactly what I want to hear. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what I was getting at. Yeah, that was the next thing. You got anything else you want to ask here? Ah, uh, man, I, you know, I, I could go on about, <laughs> um, the injury, but I, I think we've covered it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think that's all I got. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Well, cool. goodbye, Hopefully everyone. the female aspect was interesting to all you guys. Yeah. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Legatron. For sure. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.